Well, good afternoon. Uh, you are uh, most welcome uh, to this service, a service uh, of thanksgiving for the life of a very special lady, Maureen Ginn. Uh, my mother and father uh, can't fathom how a young fellow like me uh, could call her that because it was always Miss Ginn. Uh, that's how they knew her, and that's uh, how they will continue to know her. On behalf uh, of the family, I want to thank you for sharing with them in their loss and for uh, all your support to them uh, at this difficult time. Uh, to David uh, and to Janet and the wider family, we, your friends uh, from the Crescent and all who had the privilege uh, of knowing Maureen, want to offer our sympathy to each of you. We stand with you in your sadness, but we would also like to share in your gladness to have had Maureen in each of your lives. Five years ago uh, to this very day, many of us gathered uh, to say farewell to Maureen's sister, uh, Joyce. Maureen and Joyce were members of Victoria Hall and then subsequently here at Crescent Church for many, uh, many years. Uh, this place was their church family home, and so we welcome Maureen's family in particular to this place. On my few uh, visits uh, to Maureen and to Joyce, uh, I found out a, a secret way to gain entry to their home in Stranmalis and to have the opportunity to have fellowship with them. You see, it seemed that the professional carers all wore the same branded red coat as my uh, raincoat, so I got uh, instant entry. I'm not sure if they knew it was me inside the coat, would they have opened the door so freely? Uh, but it was always lovely to spend time with them. There are many uh, people here who knew uh, Maureen much more uh, than me, uh, whose face and whose loving words uh, were most welcome uh, over these last few years. I want to uh, pay tribute to them in particular um, on top of what the family has done, in particular to people like Paul and Alison Patterson and Derek and Heather Johnston. Thank you for your care uh, over those years. In this short time we have together, we want to make this occasion a celebration uh, of Maureen's life to honor and to pay tribute to her and to express our thanks to God for his immeasurable love and care of Maureen throughout her 96 years here on earth. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Maureen was a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And so today we grieve for the loss of a loved one, uh, but we know that this is not the end, but that today Maureen is with her Savior, lifted up to glory, which is better by far. Let's at the out, outset of our service pray. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for this day. And we thank you for your uh, eternal sovereign, all-knowing character. We thank you that you are unchanging. We thank you for your word that inspires us. We thank you that for us, uh, you are a rock, a great shepherd, the great I am. And there's nothing today that has surprised you or catches you unawares. You're always there for us. Your daily presence is a, is a constant in our lives, a comfort for us in times of need, 
in times of despair and sadness. And so uh, we thank you that you are with us today in this service. And you stand with us to beside us and beside us to console and to love and to care. Jesus uh, is uh, your son and we thank you for him. We thank you for sending him uh, to earth to show us the character of the Godhead, to offer us life in all its fullness and to know the peace that passes all understanding. We thank you, uh, Father, that in the, the days and weeks and months to come, that these realities and the abiding presence in our lives will be uh, a comfort and uh, uh, it will help us and sustain us through these days. We thank you for Maureen. We thank you for what she meant uh, to each one of us. We thank you for her love uh, of people, her care for others, the example that she has set, the legacy that goes on uh, long after uh, she was part um, of uh, an active role in this church. We thank you for her faith in you most especially and that it was a life that she lived uh, in service for you and in service for others. So be with us uh, this day, O oh Lord, uh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our opening hymn, which is in uh, the order of service, is a, a timely reminder of God's greatness in creation, in salvation, and for eternity. How great uh, thou art. And let's uh, stand and we'll sing this uh, wonderful hymn after the introduction.
Please be seated. Isn't it always uh, fascinating uh, at these um, occasions, and especially poignant, I suppose, uh, to find out more uh, about the person that we are giving thanks for, the person that has brought us all together here today. Maureen's nephew, David, is going to pay tribute uh, to his aunt and to remind us of a, a life well lived. But before that, uh, Janet, a niece of Maureen, will read a poem and a psalm from the Bible. Janet. What is Dying by Bishop Brent. A ship sails and I stand watching till she fades on the horizon and someone at my side says, she is gone. Gone where? Gone from my sight, that is all. She is just as large as when I saw her. The diminished size and total loss of sight is in me and not in her. And just at the moment when someone at my side says, she is gone, there are others watching her coming, and other voices take up a glad shout. There she comes, and that is dying. And from Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not accuse us, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower in the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. Thank you all for attending this Thanksgiving service. This tribute is on behalf of Maureen's brother's families, her sister-in-law Stella, Stella's daughter Janet, and her children Sarah and Jenny, and Sarah's son Flynn. The children of Maureen's niece Rosemary, Michael and Caroline, and Michael's children Sean and Caitlin, and myself and my children Franklin and Victoria, and Victoria's children Robert and Caroline. It also includes the wider family circle. Of Maureen's great nephews and nieces, only Victoria is able to be here today, but the others based either in Canada or in England have all sent their condolences. Maureen Ginn was the third and last surviving child of William Franklin Ginn and Joyce Kennedy. She was educated at Fane Street Primary School and aged 12, she received a certificate for gaining 100% in a religious instruction examination. And that was held in the school. 
She gained a scholarship to Methodist College, where I'm sure 100% was gained in many other subjects. Maureen and her sister Joyce spent school holidays with their mother's family. Joyce at Aunt Jeannie's and Maureen at Aunt Aggie's, where she helped to look after her four younger cousins. The brothers tended to go to their father's family in Fermanagh, but they were all frequent visitors to the Kennedy home farm, Kilhaim. When Aunt Aggie's daughter Margaret was asked about those holidays, her description was simply fun, fun, fun. This sense of fun never left Maureen, as my children and many others who visited Sharman Road will recall playing beanbags, bagatelle, hide and seek with Maureen and Joyce, messing about with their mother's wheelchair and stana lift and having a thoroughly fun time. I am sure you can still hear her infectious laughter. On leaving school, she joined Belfast City Council as a librarian, finally retiring some 30 years ago as chief librarian of Strammillis College. As well as her librarian work, Maureen was heavily involved with this church, and William will tell us more about that shortly. My early memories of Maureen were of an elegant and stylishly dressed adult who seemed to appear for meals and then disappear. Such was her busy lifestyle. Work with Abbeyfield for some time on their committee, regularly attending Soroptimus meetings, practicing flower arranging, although her sister Joyce did all the gardening. Um, and at a later stage, a later age indeed, having Greek lessons, which were all part of this busy life. One less successful aspect was her mastery of the violin. I clearly understood her reluctance when, as a mature adult, she was asked to play in front of the family circle. It was perhaps an Eric Markham moment. Right notes, wrong order. Maureen and Joyce supported many charities, most especially the Wakisa Mission, run by their friend Valerie Duff. But her other great love was travel, whether to a world rally or visiting her missionary friends Derek and Heather in Burkina Faso at the age of 75, but mostly with her friend Netta McCune, who passed away at the end of January this year. I remember after Maureen's trips abroad, the slides would come out, the screen would be set up, and we would be subjected to slides of various monuments, lakes, hotels, and other features of note. And always, always, her friend Netta in the foreground. The description, this is Netta in front of, was almost a mantra on those occasions. I'm sure Netta's family were subjected to the same slides, only with Maureen in the foreground. No selfie sticks in those days. But apart from her church activities, her sister and mother will be remembered mostly for the welcome and hospitality afforded to all in Wellesley Avenue and subsequently in Sharman Road. Even after their mother's demise, the practice continued, and it was strongly advisable not to eat anything before visiting Sharman Road, as tea and sustenance would almost magically appear at any time of the day. Maureen had a keen interest in cooking and effortlessly produced many fine meals for the endless procession of visitors who shared great fellowship with great food round their table. In later years, no trip out in the car was complete without a picnic or a visit to a coffee shop. 
She and Joyce probably visited every coffee shop within driving distance of Sharman Road. As I'm sure you all know that for the last 15 years or so, Maureen has suffered with dementia, gradually losing her communication skills and motor abilities. She was cared for by her sister Joyce until Joyce's death five years ago, when the scrabble board was finally put away. Maureen then entered Beach Hill Nursing Home, and I have nothing but praise for the care and attention that the staff gave to Maureen to ensure that she had a comfortable and pleasant stay as possible, and informing us of any slight change in her condition. I thank them. I would also like to thank Maureen's cousin Margaret and her daughter Hilary Lavery, Alison, Valerie and Dorothy for visiting Maureen so regularly, and also Netta, who until she found it too upsetting, visited Maureen often and continued to phone us to see how she was. However, I would most particularly thank my wife Arlene, who visited Maureen every week and looked after her necessities of life that the home couldn't do, thus taking the familial responsibility from my shoulders. During this time, Maureen's faith still shone through, and when someone read a passage from the Bible to her or sang a hymn or prayed, this often produced a reaction when nothing else could. This was even the case the night before she died, when Valerie was able to pray with her. An intelligent, strong-willed, generous, fun-loving and deeply religious woman who will be remembered with great affection by many. And thank you again for attending, and I'm sure I'll talk to some of you at refreshments. Thank you. Thank you, David. That did our hearts good. Now, Hilary, a cousin of Maureen, will bring us the second reading. John 14, verses 1 to 6. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. David has kindly left a gap in Maureen's life experience that I want to hopefully fill in these next few minutes. There are many here this afternoon who could give first-hand accounts of the Christian life and faithful service of Miss Maureen Ginn. Many of you will have served alongside her Many of you are indebted to her for the influence she had upon your lives. Although I grew up recognizing the respect that so many had for Miss Ginn, I feel a little inadequate for this task, but
but I hope some of these thoughts will capture at least in part uh, some aspects of Maureen's character and her contribution uh, to this church. Characteristics and qualities that sadly we have all missed here at Crescent in the latter years uh, of her life, but which have set so great an example uh, to those that have followed after her. It has been said that beyond the divine, there are only two things that shape a person's life, people and books. We can certainly see evidence of that in Maureen's life. Indeed, she served God's purposes in people's lives and often through books. As we've heard, Maureen was a librarian, a lover of books, a gifter of books, She encouraged young people to read, to explore the Bible, to mine its truths. She was a meticulous cataloger of the Crescent Library, which was over there uh, and not there anymore, where as a boy, I and many others borrowed fortnightly and then fortnightly and then maybe another fortnight, uh, all sorts of books uh, that were available to us all, reference books, study guides, biographies, children's books. My personal favorites, and Joanne will remember these, uh, were The Jungle, Monk Doctors, Monkey Tales, and Gus and Friends, and and maybe others that you remember. I found a Crescent update from uh, 1989 with a page at the back on the bookshelf, uh, and Maureen very wisely quotes a verse from Ecclesiastes which says, of making many books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. An interesting verse to choose, but then she explains why. She says, In Crescent, we are far off from such study, but we could benefit greatly from reading what other men and women of God have learned from God's ways with them. Let's take the opportunity to do so. That was Maureen, gently but assertively encouraging us to read good books. But of course, Maureen uh, was also a lover of people. Her heart was softest for the youngest, the ones that could be taught, that could be nurtured and influenced for good and for God. Maureen was uh, part of the happy hour. Uh, She was a Bible class teacher in Victoria Hall, but her greatest achievement and her greatest love was the Every Girls Rally. EGR and its equivalent boys group, EBR, was an idea borrowed from the Southern Hemisphere that Jim Buckley, uh, my grandfather, sold to the elders of Victoria Hall. The idea was a simple one, an organization rooted in the truths of the Bible that uh, that was seeking to develop strong Christian character in children and young people through a balanced program of physical, educational, social, and spiritual activities. You can say, you can tell I've said that before. Today, you will have been welcomed in uh, by two uh, folks, uh, Jeff and Heather Agnew. They were uh, wearing the leaders' uniforms of EBR and EGR. Uh, I expect uh, Maureen would have been pleased with that. In fact, even at the the very front doors, uh, Noel and John's inclusion, I think, was good too. In the late 1950s, Maureen, along with Dorothy Agnew, headed up the seniors and Dorothy the juniors uh, sections of EGR. I wonder, 
did these women ever contemplate that their agreement to be involved in the very first night of rally would span a lifetime of commitment? Maureen's appointment was truly of God, for God had nurtured in her all the qualities of a servant leader. She was a pioneer. She worked hard. She was gracious with her time. She developed and encouraged her leaders. She had a marvelous way of knowing what was best, and diplomatically, gently, graciously, wisely, drawing others around to her thinking. She always seemed to know the right thing to do and knew the importance of doing things properly. Her involvement in rally work extended from the 50s into the 60s and the 70s, and at the end of that decade, she traveled to Australia to see rally work over there. And with her peers, she brought back the idea of Rally Aurora, an international youth camp. She was involved in the organizing of this first camp in 1984 in the province, and then the joint committees and organizing activities that followed in the 80s and 90s. Many uh, women today owe so much to Maureen for her vision, uh, her dedication, and her influence on them as girls and young women. How incredible that her legacy continues at least 60 years on. From the archives that, uh, that I've inherited, I found a photograph, which you can ask to see later. Uh, that's the photograph. Uh, and it was taken at a time when the assembly meeting at Victoria Hall moved to this building, uh, Crescent Church. Uh, it's taken uh, in about 1977. And uh, it's taken just from the outside of this building and captures all those who were involved in the strategic move and the building work and refurbishment uh, for, this, uh, for this church. In the picture, there are 34 people, 33 of which are men, and then Miss Maureen Ginn. This picture, I think, speaks volumes uh, of Maureen's influence and the respect that she garnered from everyone, as well uh, as our love for youth work and the rallies in particular, Maureen was involved in the Friendship Centre for Women, the Overseas Link Prayer and Work Group, uh, Tuesday Night at the Crescent, of course the library that we've mentioned, and she loved Ronnie and Edna's home group. Today uh, we honour Maureen for her pioneering spirit, her wise head, and her gracious heart for people uh, young and old. Now, David Farrell is going to uh, offer some encouragement from God's Word. David is a, an elder here at Crescent. David. At the outset, can I also my express my condolences to the family circle? We also extend our condolences to the wider family circle. To all who love Maureen, or as already been mentioned, Miss Ginn, as a friend and a sister in Christ, and she will be missed by all who had the privilege of knowing her. We heard from William of Maureen's life and her remarkable service to her Lord and to this church. I'd also like to take this opportunity to publicly acknowledge this work. As a young boy of seven-year-old, I came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ at Happy Hour. And also rally work played an enormous part in my life, both as a teenager 
and then as a leader in the rally in Rathcool for nearly 20 years. I have personally experienced and seen the impact of the rally movement, EBR and EGR, on individuals' lives. And I'd like at this opportunity to pay tribute to all of those who had the vision and saw the potential of this work in this country. For Maureen, as dementia and illness took its course, almost some of her last words were the words of a well-known children's chorus. Listen to the words of that old hymn. It is a thing most wonderful, almost too wonderful to be, that God's own son should come from heaven and die to save a child like me. I cannot tell how he would love a child so weak and full of sin. His love must be most wonderful if he could die my love to win. And yet I want to love thee, Lord, O light the flame within my heart, and I will love thee more and more until I see thee as thou art. Bishop William Howe wrote this hymn. His untiring work among the people of the stocks and the slums earned him the title the, the Poor Man's Bishop. And because he insisted on using public transport, he was also known as the Omnibus Bishop. But he liked best his description as a children's bishop. He was a pioneer. He was a visionary. He saw the potential of giving children's addresses in churches in Victorian England. He was active in training people to engage with children and to encourage them to teach the Christian message. You see, during Victorian England, work amongst children during services had been neglected or confined to Sabbath school. But Bishop Howe saw things completely different. He saw the importance of work among children and was actively involved with the newly formed SISM, or the, the Children's Special Service Mission. He was a man who had a vision to reach children with the message of the gospel, the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, to create opportunities for the children to hear this message and to train future leaders in children's work, which exists to this very day. We are here today to remember one who had a similar vision. We've heard and seen the legacy of the work that Maureen and others commenced so many years ago, reaching out to children with the transforming message of the cross is truly the legacy of the life of Maureen Ginn. Maureen's own life was transformed by this message. When she was in her teenage years, she came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and followed him. She loved her Savior. And even as she sang that hymn in the clouds of her increasing dementia, she was remembering and reflecting on one whom she loved. The last line of that first verse is personal, that he should come from heaven and die to save a child like me. Through this hymn, Bishop Howe is looking at the cross through the eyes of the child to reveal the love of God. When he wrote the hymn in 1872, he placed the text of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10 above the hymn. 
A modern paraphrase explains the deep meaning of this verse. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not in that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. You probably know the verse better as, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. To clear away the damage they've done to our relationship with God. The Bible tells us of the terrible damage that sin has done to mankind and our relationship with God. It says the wages of sin is death. Earlier we read Psalm 103, verse 15 says, they're rather depressing words when you initially read them. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower in the field, so he flourishes. The wind passes over it and he is gone. And his place remembers it no more. The psalmist is describing a hot, burning wind. It dries up the flower. Or it could be a furious wind that tears it from its stem. But the context equally suggests it could be a gentle breeze that removes the petals, that they're ready to fall. Or it could be the grass that slowly dries in the hot sun. So man falls as if a breath, a breeze, and he's gone. How easily we are swept off. How little force does it take to remove us. How speedily does beauty vanish. How soon, like a fading flower, do we pass away. And if that is all that the psalm said, it would be depressing. But Psalm 103 echoes the assurance that Maureen had all her life. In the second part of the psalm, we come upon three very moving illustrations of God's love and grace towards us. Here's what it says. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. How high are the heavens? His love is as high as the immeasurable heavens. How far is the east from the west? His forgiveness removes our sin as far away as in infinity. How great is his love? God's compassion is tender as a father's love for his children. As a matter of fact, the psalmist repeats three times, God's love is so great for those who fear him. That little verse and that hymn reflects that. The one that Maureen sang. It is most wonderful to know his love for me so free and sure. But tis more wonderful to see my love for him so faint and poor. Interestingly, the Bible, the family tell me that in Maureen's Bible, 
there was only one verse which was underlined. It's the words of Psalm 25. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day long. On you I wait all the day long. This ability to wait in God depends on our confidence in God. But that waiting also includes the concept of hope. Not, not an uncertain hope, but an absolute assurance. And this is why the Hebrew word waiting is used in Psalm 25 is sometimes translated hope or to look expectantly. In this psalm, waiting, hoping, and trusting are wound together like the strands of a rope in the context of this verse. Waiting as we come to the end of life's journey for the Christian is the reality of heaven. The anticipation of life beyond the grave, even though the flower fades and even though the grass dies, there is an eternal hope for those in trust in him. As the hymn says, I will love thee more and more until I see thee as thou art. As we read today, we also read in John 14, words spoken by the Lord Jesus. They were spoken when the disciples had been given some devastating news. They were, they were troubled. They were confused. But the Lord Jesus spoke to them in the midst of their confusion with words of wait, hope, and trust. Summarized in these words, do not let your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. And when you say, let not your heart be troubled, you're also saying that death is not the end of life. There's a door that we must walk through to a greater and most glorious life. And that is precisely what Jesus said when he meant, let not your heart be troubled. Wait, trust, and hope in me. Heaven is a real place. We have the words of the Lord Jesus. He told his disciples not to worry. And interestingly, when Isaiah and Zechariah in the Old Testament describe heaven, they both note the presence of children. Isaiah sees children playing in a perfect land of peace. Zechariah notes that children are playing in the streets of the new city. It's really described more as a park than a city. It takes you back, doesn't you, what we just heard from the family. Children playing with Maureen. But Maureen has waited and waited and waited. Waited over 15 years of a gradually and then severely debilitating illness. But for her today, the waiting is over. She now has the freshness and the vitality of a child. And perhaps today she's still singing. No, she is singing. Singing those words that were almost the last words to come from her lips. It is a thing most wonderful. Almost too wonderful to me that God's own son should come from heaven and die to save 
a child like me. And yet, I want to love thee, Lord. O light the flame within my heart, and I will love thee more and more. And can I just change the last line? And I will love you, me, thee more and more now that I see thee as thou art. David, before we sing uh, our final hymn, uh, we want to uh, say together the Lord's Prayer. Jesus uh, taught his disciples to pray, and so together, uh, in the way that you know this prayer, uh, let, us, uh, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Just before we uh, sing our, our final hymn as well, let me just uh, invite you to stay for refreshments in the, the back halls uh, of the church. We'd love you to do that and to, to reminisce and to share some of those stories again and to catch up on some of those old friendships uh, as well. Um, our closing hymn will be followed by uh, the benediction, so please remain uh, standing after we sing. Uh, such truths are contained in this uh, modern hymn written by our, the local songwriters, the Gettys. Uh, let's uh, stand and we'll sing with confidence uh, in Christ alone.
Here, in the power of Christ, I'll stand. Father, we thank you that we have the absolute assurance that Maureen is in your presence today, that she is singing and she is enjoying your presence because of that moment of placing her faith in your Son as her Savior. Father, bless us now as we part. Help us to live in the light and the memory of one who served you all her days. Be with the family and take us each home in safety, we would pray, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.